summer, the best time of year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and you can think of me as your friendly guide to the English language. We talk about writing, history, rules, and other cool stuff. Today, we're going to talk about splooting, what a fascinating word gender is, and about all the tricky things to know about capitalizing words in headlines and titles. Splooting squirrels have taken over the internet the last couple of weeks. As temperatures soar, the poor little beasts are splaying out flat on the ground to try to cool off. And squirrels aren't the only animals that do it. Corgis seem to be particularly known for splooting. They are adorable little splooters. But all kinds of animals do it. I've seen pictures of splooting bears, cats, rabbits, and pigs, for example. I've also seen dog people call it dog frogging and frog dogging because it kind of looks like the way frogs sit with their legs all spread out. And the Washington Post reports that it's more commonly called pancaking in Britain. So multiple people have asked me about the word sploot. It sounds hilarious, and it's shown up in such serious and authoritative places as posts from the New York City Department of Parks and Recreation and articles from the Washington Post and The Guardian. So what's up with that? Is it actually a real word? Well, it's not a word you'll find in biology journals. I looked. Biologists sometimes call it heat dumping. And you won't find it in most official places like the Corpus of Contemporary English, the British National Corpus, the Oxford English Dictionary, or Merriam-Webster Online. But the word actually has been around for more than a decade. The oldest reference I could find for splooting being used this way, as opposed to being a word people occasionally used to just describe spitting out liquid or something like that, was an Urban Dictionary entry from 2011 that talked about splooting corgis. The first use on Twitter was in mid-2012, also in reference to a corgi. And there's a whole subreddit dedicated to pictures of animals splooting with 195,000 members that was created in 2015. It looks to me like splooting is a term that came out of online animal culture, or at least was popularized there. These are the same circles where people call their dogs foot pads toe beans and say their dogs have the zoomies when they frantically run around in circles. When I searched Google Books for the word sploot, one of the few hits I got was a 2019 book called How to Speak Doggo. 
And one other hit was from a novel called Pure Chocolate, also published in 2019, that linked spluting to corgis again, talking about how dragons were spluting, probably because they picked it up from the corgis. People have speculated that sploot is a combination of splay and scoot, or splay and scooch, or that it may just be a funny way of saying splat. Nobody knows for sure, but turning splat into sploot seems like the most likely path to me, because doggo speak is a little heavy on the O's. Besides doggos, you can also talk about pupperinos and woofers, and bork is a way of saying bark, and crunch is a way of saying crunch, just to give you a couple of examples. So splat to sploot doesn't seem far-fetched. Splooting doesn't look like a comfortable way for a human to cool down, unless maybe you're more into yoga than I am, but getting as much of your body in contact with something cold does seem like it would feel good when the temperature hits 100 or higher. And here are two fun tidbits I came across while researching this segment. First, corgi is Welsh for dwarf dog. That's fun. And second, while I was trying to figure out how biologists talk about the way animals cool down, I discovered that birds can get really hot while they're migrating, like you would if you were running a marathon. So some birds take lots of breaks, and other birds do things to fly where it's cooler, like at higher temperatures or at night. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. Remember the frustration of trying to memorize vocabulary and grammar rules only to find you couldn't actually use the language in real life? Well, there's a better way to learn. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program with millions of users learning 25 different languages, and you can get it on your desktop or as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with its intuitive process. It's really different. You pick up the language naturally, first with words, then with phrases, and then with sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Grammar Girl listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Is it rosettastone.com slash grammar. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash grammar today. Let's 
Last week, we talked about languages that are more gendered than English, like German and Hebrew. And I apologize for mispronouncing the Hebrew word chavarot. I hope I got that right this time. That's the word for a female friend, chavarot. Thanks to Mark from Thornhill, Ontario, for writing in to let me know. Well, while working on that piece, I discovered that the word gender didn't originally have anything to do with being male or female. According to Edam Online, it originally meant, quote, kind, sort, class, a class or kind of persons or things sharing certain traits, unquote. It comes from the same root as the word genre, like you'd use to describe a kind of book like science fiction or romance. And the root that gives us both these words gives us a lot of other interesting words, too, like generation, you're part of a class of people born around the same time, generic, a general kind of thing, general, actually, a broad idea or class of things, genealogy, the group of a family, and so on. When you're writing a title, you're confronted with a shocking number of formatting options. How you decide to handle capitalization is up to you. It's a style choice. But all the major style guides make recommendations. Here are some of the major styles I've seen. 1. Maybe the simplest possible style is to just capitalize every single word, and that's what BuzzFeed does. 2. Another really simple style is often called sentence style because it's how you write sentences. Only capitalize the first letter of the first word in the title or headline and words that would normally be capitalized in a sentence, such as someone's name. This is the style currently used by the Associated Press, so it's what you'll see on most news sites. And three, moving on to a more complicated style for titles, the Chicago Manual of Style recommends capitalizing the first word of the title, the last word of the title, and all nouns, pronouns, verbs, adverbs, adjectives, subordinating conjunctions, and a few other conjunctions. Prepositions are only capitalized if they're used adjectivally or adverbially. For example, you'd capitalize the word up in a title that read, Squiggly looked up a word, but not in a title that read, Squiggly walked up the mountain. And the style says to keep the word to, T-O, lowercase when it's part of an infinitive, as in to boldly go. And if you really want to use this style and follow it exactly, you should read the whole entry in Chicago because there are more ticky-tacky little details. Now, no matter which style you choose, the most important thing about title capitalization is to be consistent throughout your document or across your publications or website, and be realistic when choosing a style. For example, if you hire a lot of freelance writers or editors who are going to be writing their own headlines or subheads, it's probably better to choose a simpler style that'll be easy for everyone to follow. On the other hand, I do believe you can take simplification too far. For example, I've seen people use what I consider overly simplified styles, such as capitalizing every letter of every word or keeping everything lowercase, even words that would normally be capitalized, such as names. The Yahoo Style Guide specifically recommends against these two styles. For example, they note that all caps can be difficult to read, and some people equate all caps online with shouting. And all lowercase is an incredibly informal style, is obviously common in social media posts, especially with younger people, so it could work on some super trendy sites, but I can't see it being a good choice for most publications. One mistake I see people make a lot with headlines is treating forms of the verb to be as special, maybe because they're so short. 
In styles except sentence style, verbs are capitalized, and there's nothing special about the verbs is and was. So if you're capitalizing your verbs, you capitalize is and was. One common question is how to handle headlines or titles that begin with a company name or product name that starts with a lowercase letter, such as iPhone or eBay, since every major headline style says you should capitalize the first letter of the headline. If you can, rewrite it so the word that needs a lowercase letter at the beginning is in the middle of the headline or title, and then write it as the companies want you to, in camel case, with a lowercase letter at the beginning and a capital letter in the middle. If you can't avoid having an iPhone or eBay type word at the beginning of your title, it's up to you whether to keep the first letter lowercase. The Associated Press recommends capitalizing the first letter of the word in such cases. So you'd have both the I and the P capitalized in iPhone at the beginning of a headline. Chicago, however, recommends just starting the title with a lowercase letter at the beginning of the product or company name. Another common question is whether to capitalize the second part of a hyphenated word in a headline. Again, there are multiple styles. You just need to decide on one and be consistent. The style I use is that if I'd capitalize the second part, if it were a separate word in the title, then I capitalize it when it comes after a hyphen, which is essentially AP style. As you can see, there are a lot of decisions to make about headline and title styles. If your boss, editor, or teacher has a preferred style, you should use that. But if you are the master of your own universe, for example, an independent blogger, you're free to choose any method. The most important thing is that once you pick your style, stick with it. Finally, I have a familect story from Rebecca. Hi, my name is Rebecca, and our word is mamaltelia. When we first moved to the Northeast, after my dad was in the Air Force, we were driving past a big field of purple flowers. And one of us asked him, what are those purple flowers? And he said, they are purple mamaltelias. And so whenever we would see those purple flowers, whose name I have now actually forgotten, um, they were an invasive species, so I think they're gone now. Um, we call them mamaltelias. Oh, look at the mamaltelias. And of course, it's spelled as if you were to say mom will, except without the W, mamaltelia. So mamaltelias are purple flowers, um, and darn, (laughs) I can't remember what the actual name is. (laughs) I actually did learn it at a later point in my life, but purple mamaltelias, mamaltelias, a flower that grows in big fields. Thank you. And Rebecca, of course, remembered the name right after she hung up and called right back. We've all been there. They are called purple loose strife, and they are definitely an invasive species. And thank you so much for the call. I can see lots of families finding the mom will tell you name cute and useful. Grammar Girl is a quick and dirty tips podcast. Thanks to my editor, Adam Cecil, and my audio engineer, Nathan Sams. Our ad operations specialist is Morgan Christensen. Our digital operations specialist is Holly Hutchings. And our marketing and publicity assistant is Davina Tomlin, who finally finished crocheting their first sweater, and they say it fits and everything. Good job, Davina. And I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. That's all. Thanks for listening.
A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.